back on Show Me Today. Chess, checkers, Mancala, all great family games. Uh, One family in Warrensburg combined their passion for quality time and woodworking to create their local business, Three Trees Workshop. Cameron Connor is here with co-owner Synthony Epp. We've been in business for about eight years now, and it... We started out, we were living overseas, we were living in Kenya and moving back to the States and um, realized it was a good time to start something new. Um, Nathan has been a woodworker for, you know, since he was a kid and we had talked before about maybe making a business out of it. And so we were coming back to the States. We didn't have jobs lined up. We were about to have our first child. We thought, well, why not just add another crazy thing to the mix? Let's start a business. So we moved to a new town that we'd never been to that was sort of in between our families. We rented a tiny house and had a one-car garage that we filled up with woodworking equipment and got started there. Had our first baby, got, got moved to Warrensburg. It was a crazy few months. I wouldn't necessarily recommend doing it that way, but that's that's how we got our start. <laughs> Either way, definitely a loaded itinerary, and it seems to be working out just well. I mean, looking at going to your website, which is threetreesworkshop.com, and seeing some of the elaborate pieces and different boards that you all have created, you can tell that there's definitely a passion in it. Can you kind of describe like the process of woodmaking or woodworking some of these boards? Sure, yeah. Um, and I have to add a caveat. I'm the one that does the business side, the mm-hmm. bookkeeping and the order fulfillment. Nathan's the woodworker and so it's a it's quite a complicated, uh, quite an involved process. It starts from the rough boards, choosing the right boards with um, the wood grain that's going to look the best, um, depending on whether it's a board made from one wood or two. The chess boards obviously have two different woods, and so finding a good contrast. Um, some of the other pieces are just one solid piece of wood, like the mancala or the cribbage boards. So they look for a, a piece with nice grain and um, the right thickness cut it to length, plane it down. For the chess boards, it's a process that takes several weeks, cutting all the strips, gluing it up, cutting it again, gluing it up again, <laughs> adding the borders. Um, and then of course, a lot of sanding, hand sanding, hand finishing. It's a lot of, it's really a labor intensive process. And you can really deceive how much that that handcrafting and the detail goes into all of these. And for anyone who's just now listening, this is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. I'm Cameron Connor. We're here with Cynthia Epp. She is the co-owner of Three Trees Workshop, which is just a fantastic local company that builds basically any of your tabletop handheld games, such as, you know, they have chess, pegs and jokers, things like Mancala, Chinese checkers, checkerboards in general, anything that you can possibly get. And that's going to be at threetreesworkshop.com. Okay, I have to ask Cynthia. So I'm looking here. The mascot, I want the backstory of it. It's the squirrel. The squirrel is the mascot, which for a lot of ways makes sense. But what's your what's your thought process for that being, I guess, <laughs> the logo of the company? Yes, that's a, it's a funny story. I mean, it's when we started out, I'm not necessarily the creative mind behind the logo. When we were starting out, we uh, settled on the name Three Trees because it was a nod to the woodworking aspect and also to the fact that we were um, having our first child. And so we were growing from a family of two to a family of three. You know, my sort of scientist brain thought, oh, we'll have a logo that has three trees in it (laughs) because (laughs) what else would we do? Um, My sister-in-law was the one who kind of doodled this little squirrel and my brother's a designer and he's the one that came up with the logo. And 
when we saw that, we thought, oh, actually, that's that's more fun. That's more creative. We'll go with the whimsical squirrel. Oh, yeah, that's that's great. And it makes so much sense because like you think about obviously with trees and everything like that, squirrels are always around it. And like, I don't know, I'm just picturing maybe it's just my silly brain doing this from the from the interviewing side of thing. But, you know, it's like this little squirrel <laughs> making all of these boards, like gnawing them out or something. I don't know. I thought it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess one of the things that I, I do have a question of is for you and your family specifically, because this is a family locally owned business and you all have so much passion towards it. Do you have a favorite game that's handheld that that you guys make that you prefer to play? Or what, what about from that regard? Do you, do you have a favorite or are you just kind of starting to become masters at all of them? <laughs> How does that work? Yes, um, I would say, well, we have two kids now. They're five and eight. And mm -hmm. so they're getting into prime game playing ages. Uh, we love to play Chinese checkers as a family. We can all four get around the board and play that. Uh, Mancala is another great one for, for the kids, um, the ages that we have. Our older daughter is getting into checkers and she's really wanting to pick up chess. So we'll be evolving. <laughs> we'll be moving up in the complexity. My husband, the first game that we made was actually cribbage. And that's a great two-person card game. Um, Nathan and I played that when we were living in Kenya. We didn't have a TV. We didn't have a lot of other things to do in the evenings. And so we we played cribbage some. So that was that was our first game. The reason we got into making games in the first place was um, just out of a desire to bring people together, to interact in real life, to to play games. We grew up playing games as kids in our families. And, um, you know, there's technology is great. It's a great way to be connected with the rest of the world and to know what's going on. And um, we have all kinds of information at our fingertips. But there's really something to be said for sitting down and looking at someone and across the table and playing a game in person. And so we wanted to make that the focus of our business. I can relate in so many ways. I had family game night with whatever it was, whether it was, you know, tabletop board games or cards or anything like that. And it is a great way just to bond. And well, as you're talking about that, it, it's kind of sparking a curiosity question in me, especially because you're on the business side of things. I'm assuming that especially when the pandemic occurred and there were so many people that were trying to basically find new ways or new hobbies or new ways to interact because everything was secluded. How was that for you guys from the business point of view? Was it was it a difficult time, obviously, because of the pandemic, but also I'm assuming that there was also a large interest in getting back into some of these games, right? You're exactly right on both of those counts. Yes. So when the lockdown happened, of course, we had to let our employees go for a while. We were able to bring them back, but we had had some inventory built up. And as soon as um, that happened, people started staying home. We saw a huge spike in demand for the games because exactly as you said, people were staying home. They were at home together looking for things to do to pass the time. So yeah, we saw a lot of demand there. We, we weren't able to keep up. We kind of sold out of everything we had and then had to, to back off taking orders there for a while. And the pandemic has brought other challenges, of course, with supply chain issues. Everyone's heard about that. It's prices of lumber are going up. It's harder to get certain things, but certainly the pandemic didn't hurt demand. It funnels into my next question. I just is kind of relating it to now, and that is: so you make all these different games. You told me your family's favorite. What's the most? I guess what's the most popular inventory thing that you guys sell? It would definitely be our chess sets. Mm -hmm. We I have to say we we make the boards by hand here in our shop. We don't make the chess pieces. We're not set up for that. Um, but 
I don't know if you ever saw the show, The Queen's Gambit on yes. Netflix. That yes. was big a couple of years ago. So we had the pandemic hit, orders went through the roof. Then The Queen's Gambit came out and we could not keep up. <laughs> People went crazy for chess. It's always been popular. It's, you know, a great classic game that appeals to people of all ages and all skill levels. But um, yeah, it's always been our top seller. I would say the second is that game you mentioned, Pegs and Jokers, which we had never heard of. Um, we used to set up here at our local farmer's market and a couple of the other vendors came over one day and said, hey, we have this game. We want you to make us some paddles for it. And so we said, okay, whatever that is, we'll do it. That's fine. It's turned out to be our second most popular game. Pegs and Jokers is sort of like sorry or Parcheesi, but it has wooden paddles that fit together to make the game board. So you can adjust the size of the board for how many players you have and play it with cards and pegs. And we get a lot of business, a lot of orders for that, just word of mouth. Yeah, no, su such a unique one. And it, especially after you mentioned Queen's Gambit, I hadn't even thought of that. That would make a lot of sense for why demand for chess would go through the roof, too. And you think about it, too, in the Missouri area, especially in St. Louis, that's where the World Chess Hall of Fame is and like the impact there. So there, Missouri already has a pretty strong presence for that game in particular. But then once again, for anyone listening, this is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. We are here with Cynthia Epp. She is the co-owner of Three Trees Workshop. The wrap-up question that I'll have for you, Cynthia, is if anyone has a way to contact you or has any sort of questions or requests, where, where do they go to find you? Yeah, our website um, is just www.3treesworkshop.com. My email address is there. Um, my phone number is there. People can email me, text, call with any questions. Once again, this is the Three Trees Workshop that we are talking about. You can go to www.3treesworkshop.com if you have an itch or a hankering to get back into one of these traditional, family-friendly loved games. Once again, Cynthia, thank you so much for joining us on Show Me Today, The Voice of Missouri. All right, wrapping up here on Show Me Today, I'm Bill Pollack. I need someone to explain this traffic law to me. Follow me now. I'm in the right lane, and I have a green light. And at the next street, I'm going to turn, but there's a yield sign. Oncoming traffic in the left-hand turn lane has a green light, but they need to yield before they can make their turn. That's what the sign says. But this happens to me all the time. As I go to make my right-hand turn, and there's no other traffic going along with me, those people will turn left, cross over two lanes, pull in front of me as I'm slowing down to make the right. Now, I was taught that if you're making the left, crossing two lanes of traffic, that I not only need to yield to that traffic, but I need to give way to any cars that might be making a right-hand turn because they have the right-of-way. So both of us have green lights. Both of us have yield signs. Uh, who's in the right? Who's in the wrong? It's, it's something that just boggles my mind. Well, now a lawmaker in the Missouri House is proposing that we allow to make a left on red lights as well in certain circumstances. That could be an absolute nightmare. All the states that border the state of Missouri have this law. And so to make it convenient for all drivers uh, in those in the region, uh, I think that it would be good to have a law that is consistent. Uh, it would be from a one way, you would be able to turn left on a red light, just like you do red, right on red, except you're going to turn from a one way and turn left onto a one way, unless there are signs that specifically prohibit the maneuver. You know what? Honestly, I, th I thought there was a law already. Oh, my. Well, we'll hear from Representative Richard Brown on tomorrow's program. Thanks for listening. Show me today.